As you watch the screen, your heart begins to beat faster. There's a fluttering in the pit of your stomach. Your throat is dry. Your palms damp. Suddenly a chill runs down your spine. You clutch the person next to you. You tell yourself, it's only a movie. It's only a movie. But sooner or later, it's time to go home. Welcome to Film Street. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And this is our review of A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, starring Robert England, Lisa Wilcox, Whit Herford, Kelly Jo Minter, Danny Hassel, Erica Anderson, Joe Seeley, Beatrice Bowman. Directed by Stephen Hopkins, no, not the singer from Third Eye Blind, uh, released in 1989 on a budget of $6 million. It grossed $22.1 million at the box office. Now, we talked about before that you know some of these are, are new to us as we're doing these reviews, or they're newer to us. I had almost no memory of a Nightmare on Elm Street five mm-hmm. at all. Like I, I've only seen it a few times. Um, That's a few times more than me. <laughs> and <laughs> I think I've I, seen it once. Yeah, but you know, I do know this one carries this. I don't know if I'd call it distinction or there there. Are, there's part of the fan community that really doesn't go for this one. And I don't know that I've ever completely understood that. And maybe being a little disconnected from the series and having not seen this you know, a million times or whatever, I don't feel the animosity for it that maybe some of the fan base does. But I, I got to tell you, artistically, this one is a very different motif than I think we've dealt with before. There's a different look to this. Stephen Hopkins is going for a different look with his Freddy film. It's definitely more polished, I would say, than the previous versions. A lot better graphical animation and everything like that. Um, what was the year? This was 19... This is 89. So, I mean, okay, so it, computers it, are getting a little more advanced now, so maybe that's helping in the production? It, it could be. I mean, I, I do think that it, the effects are dated. They are dated for the time. Well, sure. they, are, they are very 80s. But I don't think that takes away from the film. I'll say now, from the top, that doesn't take away from the film for me. I actually kind of enjoy some of, some of it. I think it looks more creative and neater than the last one in particular. And I think the concept is very interesting as well. I agree with you there. Th- this one is really trying to do something and take this in a different way. Now they won't follow it. We'll go ahead and say now part six just sort of dumps all this, um, which, you know, we can talk about whether or not that's a good idea or not when we get there. But the, you know, this is continuing on the part three line and part four line, particularly the part four line with the Alice character. We're kind of carrying through. And we talked about before that that's one of the things about the Nightmare on Elm Street films that, that I always thought was interesting is they really did keep a pretty tight continuity between the, the films. They really were trying to string a story along for a good bit. Yeah, and that's what I think is great about it, too. I mean, one, three, four, and five are in sequential order, right? Two is supposed to be, but it kind of falls short of that, especially when nothing from the story really comes back. Um, so 
I think they tried to go a different route and maybe realized that they should keep the story as it was going. And, and with three, they came back to it. Four, they advanced it. And five, they continued that advancement of it. And then we'll talk about six when we get to six. But at least till now, we are in, a, in the same story arc, which is nice. It, it is. But now, just in historical reference, this did not do well in theaters. And it was a wide release. I mean, it fell behind like The Abyss and Parenthood and other films. And it really dropped as it went through. And a lot of it can be blamed on the fact that this movie is cut to hell by the MPAA. There is so much of this that exists only in like extra footage and you know poorly developed footage and things like that. Like it, it there's so much of this film that is just chopped to pieces. I mean it you know it's got a pretty lean running time anyway at 90 minutes, but it could have been an hour and 45. Like they really cut the effects. So this is the 1988, 1989, 1990 are notorious years in horror with the MPAA when they were just scissor chopping everything. I mean, you you can feel it. And I was going to ask you, did you sort of sense that that this one felt a little cut up? I can honestly say no. I, I didn't oh, okay. really notice it. To be honest, I thought it was fine. I like I said, I've only seen this one other time before, so going in, I had totally forgotten what the whole concept of the story was, and I just watched it and. To me, I guess I just didn't notice that. I think because I've seen it before, and I've also heard that, and, and having heard that and sort of knowing what was going on with horror movies at the time, it's hard to watch this and not feel it or whatever. Yeah, you're, you're probably looking for it, too. I, yeah. I, yeah, I am, yeah. But I will say, too, I agree with you, and I'm glad to hear you say it, that I don't think it takes away entirely from the pacing. There's a couple spots where I think it sort of jumps a little bit, but for the most part, the through line is still there. And, and it's a pretty... Uh, you know, deep through line. I mean, we'll get into it, but there's there's some neat stuff going on here and some pretty dark stuff, too. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we, we it, like I said, I think the concept is actually pretty interesting and good. Um, and we'll talk about what you think the whole idea is between what I think the whole idea is. But I like the idea. Maybe it didn't play out the best way it could, but it wasn't terrible. No, and I, we'll get into that, and let, let's waste no more time. Brian, why don't you hit us up with a plot summary? Tell us what happens in The Dream Child. Alice and Dan are planning a life together as graduation approaches, and things turn when their friends start dying in mysterious ways. Alice learns she is pregnant, and that Freddie is using her unborn child's dreams as a way of gaining power after Dan and several others are killed. Alice, aided by her friend Yvonne, and the spirit of Amanda Kruger does battle with Freddy once again. Amanda guides Jacob, Alice's unborn son, who has form in the dream world, to turn on Freddy, which allows Amanda to seal him in the dream world and lets our heroes escape. We see months later, Alice and Yvonne playing with her son in a park while the familiar rhyme about Freddy is repeated by some girls jumping rope nearby, leaving us to wonder, did they escape? Or did Freddy prevail? That, that's an interesting plot summary, Jay, because I think that the line that really catches my attention here is Amanda traps Freddy once again in the dream world. So mm -hmm. based on that line, are we to believe that he's escaped the dream world and come into reality? Well, I think the the bigger through line is the pregnancy idea. And the whole thing is he's using 
the unborn child's dreams as a mm-hmm. way of gaining power. And we're going to talk about that. Now, I'm going to rely on your experience. I, as of yet, still have zero children to tell them to get off the lawn that I don't own. And But you have three. All right? So you've been through this miracle of life three times. Is it true that unborn children can dream like your doctors tell you and your wife that? Yeah, they actually do tell you that. And they can, I think through studies, they, they see like the different types of street sleep and dreams. You can see that through ultrasounds and different patterns that they use. So, yeah, I think it is true that they do dream. That is really cool. And I've heard that before, but I wanted to verify it from, from a bona fide parent for sure. What they dream about? That's a good question. Well, yeah, well, hopefully not this, <laughs> right? But They don't yeah. know this. There's no concept for them in that. <laughs> right, right. But I, I do like the concept. You talk about what is this movie about. I'll go ahead and tell you what I think this movie's about. I think it's a big metaphor for teenage pregnancy and should I keep it or should I not? I really think that's the whole thing here because we'll get an extended back scene of Freddie's creation, if you will, when Amanda Kruger mm-hmm. is attacked and we'll, you know, all of what she went through and then we'll see Alice sort of struggle with this and Dan will get killed and, you know, all, all these other things are going. And I really think that's what this movie was sort of using as its through line and i also will say that may be why it didn't really hit at the box office i mean you want to scare teenagers throw them in the woods and have somebody chase them to kill them that's fine you really want to scare them like scare them straight start talking about teenage pregnancy that's a way to get people to go like no thanks i can see in 1989 like my brother's friends like his generation that's when he was a senior in high school i remember those people i can i could see some of them going like nah this is hitting a little too close to I'm walking out. Yeah. I, I I mean, if that was the case, they did it very subtly because I didn't pick up on that at all. Um, and they didn't really spell it out uh, one way or the other. But I can see now looking back how you could come to that kind of a thought. Well, I mean, it's it's there. I mean, the opening scene is this extended, oddly shot love scene between Alice and Dan. I mean, getting it on here, right? Odd, yeah. Yeah. And then she has a shot. Yeah. It's, it's the worst shot thing in a very interesting and artistically shot movie. But then she has this really cool nightmare in the shower. And I really like that. I mean, every one of these movies opens in a nightmare, you know, in some way. Right. So what I, not everyone, but most of them, well, yeah, most of them have so far, right? Like we've talked about that. The better ones tend to go with that. That seems to be a, a common thing, that they'll get to a nightmare pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that she's she's either having a nightmare remembering the sex she had, or she has the sex and then she's so exhausted from it because it was so awesome, apparently. She falls asleep <laughs> in the shower, which I thought was a male problem <laughs> to sleep after uh. sex. She falls asleep in the shower, and she has this extended nightmare and we get a glimpse of how Amanda Kruger was assaulted all those years ago in the Mm -hmm. asylum and man that asylum uh, changed motif a little bit didn't it? A a little bit maybe (laughs) it's a little gothic it came a little bit more medieval yeah a little castle looking (laughs) instead of a institutional looking thing most definitely and I mean are we to believe now that this is back in like the 
1400s. You know, I, I, I lay all of that off on the fancifulness of dreams and how dreamscapes often will Change, over, yeah. over, yeah, and they, and they over exaggerate what is very real, you know, and sometimes I like can I, buy can, that. I can think sometimes of things that I dream about that are based on memories of places I've been and like the, the, it doesn't look exactly right, but it's close enough, you mm-hmm. know? And, and so I could, I could see it. And I do think that with a lot of the dreamscapes and the way that the, the nightmares go and the kills and everything, it's, it's a very Gothic horror look this time. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it looks like we're doing battle in Frankenstein and Dracula land. Well, and you've got a lot of, yeah, a lot of that kind of scenery that we're, we're, we're using in this movie. And they kind of carried that over a little bit from the, previous film where she was in kind yeah. of the, the church type setting to this um so i guess they kind of tried to keep a little bit of the theme going but i think they did go a little I, overboard i i feel like they're going like medieval catholic look here you know yeah. they sort of oh, played yeah. with that anyway and i feel like this is i haven't seen a lot of old cathedrals and things particularly like in the northeast i feel like this, you know some of this is shot in some of those it's just this these big tall ceilings and this stained glass and all these stone mm-hmm. walls mm-hmm. that look like they could either be a church or a prison, you know, depending on how the light was done that day, or both. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. So, or if you know, metaphorically, that could they could be one and the same, you know, because that's how some people would pursue it. Hey, now. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm just saying that far. I I think this movie's a lot smarter than people give it credit for, man. I really do. I think this thing is is delving into a lot of stuff because. She, I mean, we don't waste a ton of time figuring out she's pregnant. I mean, that happens kind of at the the one act turn. That's where that comes around. But when they spring it, it's not this huge surprise. It's actually like, yeah, that's kind of what happens when you have a lot of sex with your boyfriend. But let's talk about Alice for a minute. <laughs> talk about a different person than the, you know, we talked about the end of the last movie. She looked like she, you know, she got her hair did and she was, you know, confident and stuff now. I mean, she's like a totally different character this time around. Same actress, but totally different portrayal. Well, you got to think that she feels like she's defeated this whole thing, right? She right. hasn't had a nightmare since then, correct? I mean, right. we're to believe that. And then, um, you know, things are going pretty good for her. She's got new friends. She's got Dan. They're planning life after graduation. All this stuff is going on. They're having hot sex. I mean, <laughs> she's a little different than she was. Before, she was what? That little, kind of shy. She was that dowdy girl that yeah. just sort of was the wallflower, right? Yeah, and Daddy was kind of a dick and really kind of made her one of those people who just doesn't communicate well, right? Right, and he's no longer a drunk. Like, he's got his crap together, and I mean, I... Everyone I don't know. dies in your family. I think it helps. I, you know, it tends to make it. But she's got like a totally new set of friends, of course, because we always do that in these horror movies. You know, a year later, and everybody's got brand new friends. But well, it's a high I mean, school. It makes maybe. sense. Yeah, you would get new friends if all yours died too. I would hope. I, <laughs> Unless I'm afraid to be friends with you. I, I don't know. I don't want to test that theory. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me Good just call. say that. So yeah, but um. No, I mean, I, it, those are some of the same tropes of the of the film. But I I like Alice here. I mean, I really do like it. And I got this sense too that she had defeated Freddy to a point where he could no longer attack her in dreams or any of the other teenagers. Right? Like he's done with the Elm Street teenagers at this point. He's trying to attack other people, and he doesn't have any power left. And so the only way he can uh, a, attack is to try to 
go through the innocence of, of the baby, what we'll find out. I thought that was a neat twist, is that his only way in is against someone who's defenseless against it. Because like you said, babies don't know what they're dreaming about. They're just, they're just dreaming. So he can use that as sort of a doorway back and forth. I thought that was smart. Yeah, I think that's smart too. Um, it's very, it's a, it's a neat concept and, and an interesting way to weave him back in. I'm kind of curious as to um, why they chose that instead of going back to her dreams. I mean, does that just then further the fact that whatever she did with the mirror caused him to not be able to go after her now, and then this is his way back in? Is that what we're to believe? Do you think? I took it as that. I took it as okay. whatever she did last time, as cheesy as, and it was cheesy, that ending <laughs> rhyme thing. Whatever she did was enough to knock him so far back in a way that he could no longer reach her or her friends and attack them. Because, again, remember, he doesn't have any connection to these people anymore other than he's done battle against her. Like, she's not an Elm Street kid, right? Because yeah. the, the last of them is gone now because that was Kristen. You know, so he he doesn't have like this. Per, his personal vendetta against her is that you beat me, and and now you're my new enemy. You know, so it's a different connection. So he, like I'm saying, he doesn't have this. Well, I'm gonna get to you because you know I'm imbued with all this demonic power because your parents killed me or whatever. He didn't have that that mo anymore. So now it's well, how am I gonna get back to this this bitch? Is pretty much Freddie's thing, right? Yeah. And his the way his way back is oh you're pregnant oh there's my opening. And I mean, we get it in that those strange dreams. I mean, we get the jump rope kids again, which is used really good in this movie. I like that they brought that back. I felt like that was kind of missing sometimes, but they, they brought that back, and then we get the nun in front of the gothic what? castle. And I think it was their last film too. I don't remember. Was it in the fourth one? I think so. I think it was towards the beginning. Okay, maybe it but, was. Maybe yeah. I'm just. Not I think they've had it in every single one. I'm pretty sure. It is, well, it is a good through line. It's maybe is the biggest through line next to Freddy's glove <laughs> through the film with yeah. the, the darn jump rope girls. But, uh, you know, you get that weird baby carriage thing, and then we get the Amanda nightmare at birth, you know, where she's giving birth, and she's got... I love she's got, like, that priest doctor, like, screaming at her. You know, I'm like, that is not helping the situation. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, no, I don't know. Definitely. I don't know if you've been in the room or not. Well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure nobody's screaming at your wife. <laughs> no, but let's think of it this way way right i mean she's a nun number one she's in a seminary mental hospital of some sort mm -hmm. and your doctor's a priest so i'm gonna go at the catholic thing back in those days as being really pissed off at your nun for getting pregnant hey not her fault they locked I'm her up with a, they locked her up with a hundred maniacs and then they're pissed at her that she got <laughs> pregnant from holy cow man well, i'm just saying that's <laughs> so, what i'm thinking that, you know what you're probably not wrong maybe that's what they're going for that i was like hey that guy's a dick you know, <laughs> i'm like well i probably shouldn't say that about a priest but wow you know well, i mean it's you could say that about a lot of them i'm sure i not not true you know the alien the freddy baby attacks though in the dream this is the thing it reminded me so much of like the xenomorph from alien if you've ever seen that like the way that that the the little alien that pops out of the guy and runs around and does stuff yeah it sort of it sort of works the same way i'm like well that we're, we're borrowing from you know other movies that have been around like aliens had been out you know three years before this but was a huge hit i mean it influenced so many other things so i could see the they played around with some of that uh, stuff. I, I I got a little alien off of the uh, Freddy baby in the dream. I, and I don't disagree. I mean, it's kind of a ripoff from there, the way it happens. Um, but th as far as the whole thing goes, I thought the 
the scene was interesting, um, especially since they had Robert Englund involved in the the rape part of everything, and kind of it was almost like Freddie was watching the whole time. I think we're supposed to believe that was Freddie's father, um, and because he was really watching the chaos go on and kind of staying aback, and then attacks type thing. Right. So, so I think that's what we're supposed to believe. I don't know that we're meant to think that the he's leading the baby to see this. He he could have been. I don't know. I it, it's interesting because I mean Alice walks eventually in, in one of these dreams walks back into the church where she beat Freddie last time, right? Mm-hmm. And the alien puppet thing crawls into Freddie's clothes that were left on the floor there, and this is how he resurrects. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't remember it. I thought, ooh, Alice is going to get it right here. Like, they're going to kill her right now. We're going to do that again, where we kill the main character, like in part three, now, and then we're going to have to have somebody else that we, we go through. And I, I really thought she was going to get it. Uh, I didn't, per se. I thought it was a really weird way to bring him back, having this little, like, it was almost like a glob of goo going on uh, the ground worm type thing and then just turning into Freddy. It was a little bit of a neat effect, uh, to be honest. I thought it was weird, um, but kind of neat. So I didn't think she was going to get it, I don't think, at the time I was watching it. Um, I was just kind of like, wow, uh, this is how she knows he's back. I do think it's weird. It It's... Uh it's a strange effect to watch the Freddy goo baby uh, turn into to big Freddy. Uh, but I don't, I mean, we've resurrected him. I mean, it's better than a dog pissing fire. I mean, I, I don't, uh, yeah. you know, I thought that was kind of, you know, last time. So I'm, I'm fine with this. I think it's cool. I like the fact though, that when Freddy comes back, he brings Amanda Kruger back with it. Like that that's something that's hanging on. And I I like the the idea that if you have this ultimate evil thing that'll resurrect itself, that just in basic terms of, of balance in anything, nature, physics, whatever you want to call it, there's always an opposite and equal reaction, right? And the idea is that, well, if the, the evil thing comes back, then you've got to have the counteracted good come back with it too. And I, I don't know, I I thought that was pretty cool. I I liked the way that yeah, he can come back, but he brings back his mom with him. So he brings mom baggage with him, pretty much. Yeah, and I don't know that she ever left, right? She was in the last film. Um, she wasn't brought back by Freddy then. She wasn't really vanished, either. She kind of told them that he had to be uh, buried in hell, or two films ago, I should say, uh, in hallowed ground, right? Right, um, right. And now he's been removed from there, and he's coming back again. Maybe she says, well, the only thing that can take care of him is me. Right. Which is basically what she spells out. Um, and and she's the one that says, that, you know, she's got to be released from her earthly prison now. Like, right, because she's trapped her. in her hell, so they got to find her, right. Exactly, which I think is a, is a good twist on the part three, is that now we have to find her. To, like, her spirit's around, but she can't really be of good use until they can free her. And I'm, I don't know, I... I got this throwback, Brian. Maybe it's because I've been playing ancient video games recently or something, but I felt like I was in, like, you know, Castlevania on the old NES system <laughs> or something. Or, like, I got to go find the Good Witch and release, right. you know, I, don't, I, mm-hmm. I felt like I was on one of those quests. And But you know what? At the time, in, like, 1989, that would have totally been something that everybody watching this would have related to. So if, sure. they're, crib, if they're cribbing from that... Sure, I'm down. I think it's cool. I think you give your your people a quest because you know the thing is none of these people have to figure out who the hell Freddy is. 
Like we've done that. You know, they they have to go by. Well, who? Why is he trying to kill us again? No, we're pretty sure we know why now, right? So we're not wasting time on that anymore. So we got to give them something to do besides stand around to be killed. Because mm-hmm. there are a lot of these people who are pretty much here just to get killed. And I mean, like Greta, Mark, oh, yeah. Dan, you know, all these people are here to get slaughtered at some point or another. And I'm just sitting there like, who's going to get it first? Like, that's the the thing I'm waiting on. Well, you don't have to wait too long, Jay, because we're just about to get to that fun part. Exactly right. So we, we still get this pool party going. This is the thing, like, Yvonne has graduated, but yet she's still, like, practicing like she's got swim tryouts the next week. And I'm like, what, are you going to college on a scholarship? Like, that's never set up at all. For that. Like, I'm like, why would you still be practicing? You know, it doesn't, I don't know. It, 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 but we get the thing, like, we think we're how Freddie's going to get all of them. She's, I'm like, okay, she's going to get it in a pool. Greta is this model wannabe, so maybe a camera will kill her. I don't know. Mark is into weird nerd stuff, so clearly that's going to be how he gets it, right? Mm-hmm. And Dan, though, I did not think Dan would be the one to go this fast. I thought Dan would hang around as as useless and hunky as he was. You know, that's kind of all he was there for uh, was to look good and then you know impregnate Alice. And now, like, he gets a call from her to go to her, and I I got to tell you, I love the the twofold death that Dan gets here. You know, the fact that Freddie attacks, takes control of the truck, causes it to wreck. And then Dan gets on the motorcycle that Freddie possesses and turns into like this, I don't know, hell cycle or something out of ghost rider. I mean, it was a crazy looking effect. Did he get killed in the truck Jack, or was he then dreaming this piece afterwards? He gets killed in the truck wreck because he's on the ground in the truck when another car comes by and smashes it. Got it. Yeah, because he's so distracted by the dream thing. Thinking that's how he's going to go down. Got it. The weirdest part of it, though, is that, like, the score for some reason turns into circus music. Like, and I'm like, I don't really get the circus touch there. It was really strange. But the... The the wreck and the whole effect with Dan and stuff is just really impressive, I think. It's some of the best-looking effects in the film. Yeah, they do a good job, I think, compared to some of the other films with the, with the deaths in this one. Um, some of them are really cheesy. I mean, if we look back at the one where the the girl becomes like a locust. <laughs> yeah, the, the the one, the Roach Motel last time? Oh, yeah. God, that, that was just that terrible. Was and. Yeah, so, I mean, they're advancing, so this is a good thing. Um, And they kind of have to because you can only do stupid cheesy ones for so long. So it's nice to see kind of a better use of time. Um, I didn't like the one from the last one where she kind of got her breath sucked out of her and (laughs) shriveled up into, like, a raisin. (laughs) I know, yeah, like, at least they didn't do anything like that. Yeah, so this one is a little better. I mean, the car accident makes sense. Uh, The motorcycle thing is a little odd, Um, but... Overall, you know, Dan's gone. I mean, he's the first I, one to die. And the, the whole most a- important one, right? Right. And the whole aftermath of it is is Alice seeing what happens cuz basically the wreck and the explosion happened like right near where she is and she just passes out and wakes up in the hospital and that's where she learns she's pregnant. So like talk about a bad 12 hours. Your boyfriend who you're making plans with gets killed in a wreck. It's so strange, and you find out you're pregnant, and you've been having weird dreams about Freddy again. Stuff's going down, you know. Like Alice oh, you know has had it for it. Yeah, yeah. Alice is having a bad day. 
And, you know, I mean, like you said, she, she, he's coming to get her, right? And she, he almost makes it and then dies right there. So very uh, not fun. And right, right. So, but I, yeah, we're in the hospital, and uh, she does learn finally that she is pregnant with uh, her now dead boyfriend's baby. Right, right. And then she has a dream, and she meets the little boy in the dream. And I'm like, they they play that off like we're not supposed to know who that is for a while. And I'm like, that's totally. That's him. Really? Like, I didn't the, get that at first at all. Oh, I, I was like, that's totally her son. Like, they want you to think, I think, that that's like baby Freddy. But I'm like... That's the way I looked at it at first, yeah. Really? I yeah. never have thought that. So that's interesting. Tell me why you thought that. Well, I, it didn't make sense any other way to me. I wasn't thinking that we were going to be using the unborn child. I was thinking that based on the the flashbacks that we've had and all this going on, that that was what it was. The innocent child Freddy before he became a monster. That's interesting. So that's you know, how I, I looked at it. I've never looked at it that way, but that's a neat perspective. And, you know, I can see you seeing that there. Like, if I wa- when I watch this again, I'll try to look at this as like, yeah, can I see that as baby Freddy maybe? And that would have been an interesting choice if they had done that, if they tried to play that or off, you know, that before he was corrupted, this was him. And yeah. somehow his younger, uncorrupted self... Oh, this starts to get really... That'll give you a headache, man. You start doing that kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's how I thought. I mean, they they dispel that fairly quickly. I mean, it's not long before we start to see the pieces fall together. This is Alice's child coming, too. But at first, that was the first impression I got, is that we're looking at... Based on what we've already seen in the the birth of Freddy and all that stuff, we're looking at young Freddy here trying to help her. Maybe help him, you know. Yeah, what I love is that this is like Elm Street, the next generation. Like, none of the friends are buying the Freddy talk. They're like, what? You know, like, they're no Begretta, Mark, none of them. They're like, what? What are you talking about? Like, and I'm I'm going like, well, you know, the parents had spent all these years trying to suppress that, that killing, right? And it's, it makes sense that other people would have no idea what's going on. This Springfield's been set up as this town that really does turn its head the other way from a lot of weird stuff that mm-hmm. goes down. So I can buy that there would be a generation of people who have no idea like what you're talking about. <laughs> you sure. know, like the younger siblings of the Elm Street kids, basically, which is who these people are at this point, and, and the age group they would be. They're like, we have, they have no idea. Like, they're not, they're not buying it at all. And I kind of like that, though. And I do think that's how Freddy's able to get them, is they don't believe in him, but he can use, again, the baby Jacob dreaming to get at them and he's going to start t- picking them off pretty quick i mean he didn't waste a lot of time he goes right after greta um apparently the the one that was cut up the most by the mpaa is she's at a elegant dinner that she's not interested in uh, at all where she falls asleep and freddie like feeds her to death and in the real world yeah. she chokes to death but like he feeds her till she explodes it's really gross and weird uh yeah just a little bit um y- you know the her mom <laughs> that we've established is kind of a little bit of a bitch. <laughs> She's kind of like Kristen's mom a little bit. A little She's bit. Sort of, like they could have been like friends at the club. Right. And you got, you're going to eat that. Oh, and then, you know, they're having all of her fancy hoity toity friends. And I'm, I'm guessing some agents or something there. Right. I suppose try to that's, that's sign what her saying. to a deal and yeah. then she's not eating and so mom's thinking she's being disrespectful and then all the food goes down her throat and you know, it's, a, it's a bad a bad way to die 
I know. Yes, it's a terrible way for her to go, but you know, it's it is the perfect way because again, Freddie has done this for years, where he will go after you at the way that makes the most sense to get you. Correct, and he's always established that, right? I mean, he's always right. gone after. Uh, the, the, it's it's almost like he goes after the seven deadly sins, right? right. Your sin is vanity or whatever, so I'm going to use that against you. Your sin is whatever, you know. So that's kind of yeah. like that kind of thing. And he I guess her sin though should be like boredom, because she's. I mean, Greta does look immensely bored this entire film. For as little as she's in it, like I. I don't care anything about this character at all. I don't know why I should. She doesn't really even seem that good of friends with Alice. I mean, she just is kind of there. <laughs> True. Like, I don't, yeah. I think she, um, it, I don't know if it's boredom. I think she's just PO'd at her mom for making her do all this crap. She's not interested in being this supermodel, right? She's, she's pre-varsity blues. I don't want your life as a model, so I'll choke on food. So right. I guess that's what happens to her. But I, yeah, I, you know, she she goes. I mean, that's it for her. I, I will say this. It's better than the bug death from last time, but it is the worst <laughs> one in this film. I do think this is. Yes, even if far. it even if it wasn't cut up and you can see the uncut version on YouTube if you want. There's, it's just more gory. I don't I, it's not really that great. I'm, I'm like, eh, it's not it's not really one of Freddy's better kills, in my opinion. No, definitely not. But it serves its purpose because I think it. it, it like I said, he feeds off of what they're there for. She's not interested in all this stuff that mommy wants her to do. And so what happens? He stuffs her full of food. Right. Which is probably what she really wanted to do in the first place was eat more. But and, then mom would yell at her. Right. And so that's what gets her. And, of course, she chokes in the real world, like we said, and just falls, like, flat over on the table. And I'm like, nobody's giving her the homelick? Like, you people are useless. <laughs> you know, Like, nobody even tries. I mean, it's – anyway – it's it's weird, but Alice and Yvonne go to see Mark at his dad's warehouse or whatever, and I love like Mark's world of comic drawings start coming to life when he falls asleep, and I love that world and the way that looks. It's so cool, you know, and I, I don't know. I, I really love the aesthetic of that. I mean, I know it's kind of a ripoff of the aha take on me video kind of thing, you know, but I thought it was neat to go into that world, and they'll do it again later, too. I did too. Um, actually, I, I really liked it. And I like how um, he made himself a character in his little comic book as he was drawing. I thought it was an interesting character, actually. I think he was the most interesting character that we had. And I was actually surprised that he lasted as long as he did. And I was kind of hoping that maybe he'd have a couple of comic book wins before Freddy took him out. Right. You know? right. Um, we'll, because it was we'll, kind of a neat little concept. It is a cool thing, and I love how he, he does get out of it. You know, Jacob shows up in the dream world again, and this is how Alice finally figures out that this is her kid that she's dreaming about, which I do love that they don't waste any more time on that. They do reveal that for us, because if people were like you, they're like, is this baby Freddy or whatever? They're going to go ahead and get away from that for us, mm-hmm. um, which is cool, I think. I, I like this. And by far the smartest thing in the movie here that they lay out after Alice and Yvonne go to the doctor and they're doing the ultrasound and all that stuff, and they find out that unborn babies dream, and they figure out that's how Freddy's getting to everyone. And, and what they learn, and this is what's so cool to me, is that Freddy is feeding the unborn boy, souls of those that he is killing. And we've talked about before that, like, Freddy feeds off the souls of people, right? So that's how he's making his, I guess, doorway bigger and stronger 
is by feeding those souls to this unborn boy. So in other words, in some ways, like you can look at it, he is corrupting innocence and that's allowing him to gain power again in the dream world so that he can attack people and kill them in the real world. Yeah. I, I thought it was an, a neat concept too. Uh, we do get to finally learn the real truth here. And I also like the fact that it's Mark in his comic book that he's pulled out that learns uh, about Amanda and how to, um, kind of defeat Freddy in a way. Right, right. And he's he's done all this research on Kruger. Yvonne wants none of this stuff, right? And, and this is this is getting a lot of interesting conversations here because Mark starts talking to Alice about, do you really want to have this baby? And that's why I think you know this is part of the the through line of this movie mm-hmm. is about teenage pregnancies. Should I keep it? Should I not? And she's of course like absolutely not hearing any of that. And then like the Dan's parents are like offering to adopt because they think she's completely wow. Looney Tunes. Dan's parents you know? are threatening <laughs> to adopt to adopt. <laughs> yeah. To go to court to get the baby. And yeah, talk about wanting to throat punch people. <laughs> would they How even rude. have a case? Like, well, that would. I, maybe, uh, I guess. It depends on what they use for reasons. If they say she's kind of mentally um, unstable, in, in then they would have a case. I guess so. Uh, I do. I, I do think it's almost like one set of villains too many. Like I could have been. I would have well, been better with villains if, for a very short time. Thank God. But right, what right. a rude, rude pair of parents <laughs> to come in and do something like that. And honestly, I think they could have just foregone that whole thing um, because it didn't really do anything to advance the story, other than to show that his parents are jackasses i completely agree i would have been much cooler with it if they had come in and been like supportive so then alice realized i've got my dad and these people on my side so she could almost sort of say i I don't have to worry about the real life part of all this which is big and huge enough as it is so that i can deal with the freddy part it almost feels like we've got too much pressure on poor alice here i'm like girl's got enough problems let's not give her these you know i'm with you it was it was one step too far so um, but Mark figures out the thing about Amanda Kruger that we have not known up to this point. This is really cool. She was never buried, all right? And she committed suicide, which is, I'm, I'm like, okay, now we have just we have just laid another huge trump card on the Catholic evil pile that we've got going on <laughs> no here, shit. right? I mean, really, like, she, she's a nun who was knocked up, you know, out of wedlock by a bunch of maniacs, and she killed herself. Mm-hmm. Okay, now the plot has thickened, and for like two seconds there, I thought, are they about to spin this where we're going to get a tag team of Freddy and Amanda Kruger are both evil, and they're, you know, this has been, she's been playing us all along, and they don't go that way, but for like a second there, I thought, man, they're going to play that, and that would have been cool if they had decided to go that way. It would have been interesting, and, you know, like you said, this is playing on that that whole Catholic uh trope here i mean back in the day a suicide was looked at as an unforgivable thing right right exactly. and so they wouldn't have buried her in the traditional catholic or christian method because it was looked that poorly upon they would have probably ash heaped her or or burned her right right so. and that and that's what they figured out is that her soul is trapped wherever she killed herself and that's what they've got to go and figure out is where is that and they figure and the only way we can yeah. 
yeah, the only way we can find that is we have to. Alice has got to find her in the dream world and trace her back down, so then we can go and release her mm-hmm. in some way, right? And I, I do love that Mark is supposed to stay awake and watch Alice as she goes into the dream world or whatever, right? Now, well, now this that's is always this is, the task, and it never it's, works. <laughs> and I know, and it's not going to work here again. And we're gonna we're gonna put this on the other side of Yvonne is going to decide to go for a swim. That for as I wrote down in my notes, for reasons I still don't get because you've already graduated. So unless maybe you're she's going on the to college swim team already, uh, maybe she's Tryouts? going to Ohio State or something. I Tryouts? don't know, but, yeah, but but I love how Freddie comes to attack her, and I think it's a great sequence of her diving off the board into the boiler room. I was like, now nah, that's that looked cool. That was really well done. That was not bad at all, and very kind of wow. That would be freaky. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. And he's, I mean, he's got her. He's got her dead to rights. And I love how Alice shows up to rescue Yvonne, and she's able to put Freddie at bay for a little bit here. Like they get a little bit of a battle, but he's still not strong enough to take her out right now. And I think it's an interesting concept too, because at this point. Alice has always been able to pull people into her dreams, but now she's pulling herself into someone else's dream? I guess it goes both ways. The door would swing both ways, right? That's what they're saying. Maybe. Uh, Or this is all Alice's dream, and she gets sucked in, Yvonne does, into the dream, and that's how it goes. I don't know uh, exactly, but it seems to me like the other way, that that she gets into uh, Yvonne's dream. I think you're you're on to something there. Remember, Freddie is getting to these people through what? Alice's unborn, unborn kid, child. Mm-hmm. Who's always dreaming, or is dreaming a lot, apparently. I don't know how much babies dream, but this baby apparently dreams a lot. So th- he's, he's that's his way in. So Alice has gone into the dream world to look for Amanda Kruger. And because she is in tune with this kid in her, she realizes something's going down. And so she's able to switch, you know, directions and go and find Yvonne. I think mm-hmm. that's how she's doing it. Must be. So, uh, I, I, yeah. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, so and, Yvonne gets saved. <laughs> I know. Like, she doesn't die. What and I'm like, hell? well, okay, yeah. I, I really thought she was going to get, like, boiled in the, you know, hot tub or, you know, Freddie was going to drown her some weird mm-hmm. way or something. Mm-hmm. But no. And she lives, like, till the end. I'm like, when does the useless friend number three ever survive a horror movie? Never until well, now. Well, except for Leprechaun, which we don't. Wow, well, we about. don't talk about Leprechaun. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, well, we, we did. We reviewed every damn one of them. So very anyway. well, I might add. Yes, some of our better episodes. That continues to play podcast.com slash movies. Anyway, uh, so Yvonne and and Alice go looking for Amanda, and mm-hmm. of course, Mark has done the thing that you're not supposed to do he's gone to sleep right and he's pulled into his comic world and he takes the form of his created superhero and mm-hmm. i love that for a minute that like he gets to you know be a badass for a minute and i love the contrast here the black and white versus the colors and all mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. i thought it was cool now there are people on the internet that just freak out over super freddy and how cheesy that is or whatever i actually think it's awesome it's a comic I, book. Yes, it's exactly what I expect. Of course Thank he's going to be Super Freddy, for God's yes. sake. But also, Mark should have superpowers, even though he's wimpy, to defeat Super Freddy, right? You would think, in a comic book world. And I was a little disappointed that it didn't end up that way. I would have loved to have seen this movie delve into that more, where he has to get into the comic multiple times. But oh yeah, well. It would have been great. In the real world, Probably death, costs too much. 
I, I love that Freddy chops him apart and all the color drains out of him. Like mm-hmm. apparently that was supposed to be a lot more graphic in the in the NBA cut the crap out of it. In the real world, stuff falls on him and falls on top of him and crushes him. Right. Which is kind of not usually what you expect, but I guess how how do you you know kill him off? But it makes sense. But I like it. I thought the whole thing was cool. I mean, I really again I could have gone for that sequence again. I, I you know, they had done one battle in the comic world. I could have gone for another one, like maybe bring you know, all Mark, three of them in there. Yeah. yeah, maybe Mark vanquishes him once, and then when he thinks he's got him, he you know he doesn't have him the next time around, and that's when we get Super Freddy. I don't know, I I, but I liked the whole thing there. I, I did too. I, I thought yeah. it was well done, and I was hoping for a little bit more of something like that. Like I said, um, but you know, the, <laughs> let's talk a little bit. You know, everything falls on top of him, right? Why? Right. Because it's a big ass warehouse full of crap. Yeah, no, it's like his dad's awful wear And they blame it off on his dad. Like his dad didn't, you know, follow regulations and that's all. Well, obviously, look at him. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, well, well, you're talking about we're going to make the parents feel awful in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So we're just going to go all for that with gusto. But no, I did. I did like it. I love how Alice's screams, though, are what wakes Yvonne up in the real world. And she comes to get Alice, Mm -hmm. you know, to wake her up. And and together they figure out we've got to go back to where Amanda Kruger died and they figure out she died in the tower of that asylum from part three. Yes. You know, and that to me was cool. And the whole bit with Yvonne goes there while Alice distracts Freddie in the, in the dream world and Freddie gets attacked by all the maniacs that attacked Amanda and torn apart, but mm-hmm. it doesn't do him in. Right. I liked it too. I thought it was very interesting. And I mean, it, to me, that tower where she was, was the obvious place where she died. Because right, she's yeah, gone yeah. to it multiple times in the in the franchise, so exactly to me that was the obvious place. It shouldn't have taken too much thought <laughs> on Yvonne's part, but I like this whole sequence too, and I like the idea of the the same people that created Freddy kind of tearing them apart. But again, Freddy doesn't get destroyed by that. We know that Amanda has to be involved in that piece. Exactly. And and the thing is, is that Freddie has a great out here. He hides inside Alice because he knows her so well. Like he's mm-hmm. he's been around her so much. He's done so much battle with her. And I mean, that's sort of the side, the, the side effect of the fact that she's able to go in and out of dreams so much now that she exposes herself to to being susceptible to this. So we get this awesome like thing where Freddy is like trying to separate from her and you get that like the two people pulling apart thing mm-hmm. and it looks dated as hell now no doubt but I love the idea and the concept and like all the visuals here are amazing it's like MC Escher come to life and in hell or something I mean it's just mm-hmm. it's unbelievable I, I really dug this whole throwdown between Alice and Freddy and Alice forcing Freddy to come out of her I liked it too I mean but it then you know it gives you the visual that Freddy is trying to be born again as Jacob, right? Is that how you took it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. He's it, trying it, to be born yeah. in human form again as Jacob. And even though they're kind of playing on the fact that Freddy's trying to turn Jacob into him, I think really what they were meant to do was to say that Jacob, Freddy becomes Jacob. Right, I think that's what ultimately he was resigned to do, that he could take form again if he could possess the boy. Yep, and now she's is, fighting against it and getting him out of that. Exactly. So I like it, is, too. But, you know, again, let's go back to my motif here, right? What, what's been the you know the thing I've said is, is a big metaphor for this movie is 
teenage pregnancy and the idea of abortion and things like that. And what Alice does here in the dream world is she essentially decides mm, I'm aborting the Freddy part of this. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, well, that, that is twisted and dark, man. I mean, again, this movie is, <laughs> is going in some places. I didn't expect a nightmare on Elm street five to go. Yeah, for sure. Definitely is. And, uh, but it's a good visual and it's a good um, story arc. Cause now she's, on her side, defeated that piece, but it's not quite over yet because he's still got influence on on the Jacob dream character, right? Exactly, right? And I mean, that's the thing is, is Amanda is finally freed, another great visual, by the way, that releases her soul to do battle with Freddy. And she shows up as Freddy and Alice are doing this battle, and she tells Jacob how to defeat him. And I love how he, he switches. He acts like he chooses Freddy over Alice, but of course it's a ruse. And he unleashes all those souls that Freddy gave him. And what do those souls do? They start tearing Freddy apart. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, yes. And then Amanda catches the Freddy baby thing that tears out of adult Freddy. And she holds on to it, like reabsorbing it into her as Alice absorbs mm-hmm. the baby Jacob thing. It's like they, again, Alice kicks out the bad part and keeps the good part of her kid. Mm-hmm. And even though Freddy's trying to escape, it looks like Amanda locks him in the dream tower, right? Locks him in her dream womb. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, yeah. The dream womb. That's what they could have called it. Yeah. So it's, I, it is, I mean, it's a very visually stunning ending. You know, I mean, I, I like the battle. I think it's way better than the battle at the end of part four. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The only thing I have questions about are the end because we flash ahead to months later, assumingly nine, 10, 12 months later, and Alice Yvonne and her dad and baby Jacob and not the Jordans are playing in a park. <laughs> but in the background, we see and hear the eerie jump rope rhyme and the jump rope girls. And I'm like, yeah. so are they still in a dream? What? That's why I wrote that in the plot summary that way. I'm like, so what? what is the ending of this movie? Because it is incredibly ambiguous. Yeah, well, obviously, I think that they're in a dream of some sort. Um, but... What and when that happens, we don't really know. Uh, and they never, unfortunately, come back to it, which is sad. Because I think they could have played off of this and had Jacob um, grow a little older and have some issues himself now. I would think so, too. But again, maybe this isn't even months later. Maybe the kid hasn't even been born. Maybe this is after oh, Alice I- wakes up and she has another dream and now... Freddie's still trying to come back at her. Yep, I'm assuming that the kid hasn't been... Uh, my assumption is that the kid hasn't been born. She's dreaming about how they defeated Freddie and how her life is going to be, and then, oops, no, not so much. Maybe it's not, yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. it's too big, but I don't know. It, it certainly leaves a lot of questions, but I... I generally liked the ride. I'm curious to see what you're going to say here. We're at the part of the podcast where it's time to give final thoughts, recommendations, and popcorn ratings. So what are yours for A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, Brian? Well, I mean, I don't know how to, you know, I'm not listening to anything the internet says or anyone uh, in this these forums say. I don't bother looking that up. My point is to watch these movies and, and rate them on how I watched them, right? Um, and... For me, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was good. The concept was good. There's little execution flaws here and there, obviously, and there are going to be no matter what. But overall, I had a good time with this movie. And so for me, I'm going to give it a a large popcorn. I, I would watch it again. I think if the last movie was more of an action movie, then this one is like this suspense gothic horror thing 
going on. And I think it's way smarter than it's ever been given credit for. And if you can sort of put all that to the side, like you say you do, which is great, and just watch it and just kind of go with it, this movie's incredibly smart. It's dark. It's It's got some good comedy in it, too, but it's got a lot of really deep themes and things. People hold up part three in this series as if it's this great horror masterpiece. And I'll be honest with you, Brian, for me, this one's just as good. I, I, I had as much fun watching this as I did that third one and way more than I did the last one. And I didn't dislike the last one, but I think this one is head and tails above it. And I'm sad that it didn't resonate and didn't work. I mean, again, 1989, it's where slasher movies just fell off the cliff, you know, as we well documented on this show with a lot of different reviews. And this is one of the ones that, that drove it right off the cliff. And that's unfortunate. But in retrospect, now you look back all these years later there's a lot in this one that works. And so I'm joining you in that large popcorn, man. I think this is one of the better ones in the series and I'm glad I got to revisit it. I'll definitely watch it again. I'm really interested to get to next time because next time when we're doing Freddy's dead, the final nightmare, I I have distinct memories of this film and the way I felt about it. I haven't watched it in a long time. I'm curious to go back to it and see what they decided to we're going to abandon all this other stuff to do one last big hoorah and wrap it all up which again wasn't the entire wrap-up but it really kind of is because after next week like we've got Wes Craven's A New Nightmare and then we got the remake and then Freddy vs. Jason in there we don't get another nightmare film really again like the the sixth one is really is the end of that series and so I'll be curious to see how they decide to wrap it up and whether or not we think it works I'll be curious, too, because I think I've only seen it one time, so I don't remember a whole lot about it. So we'll see. Definitely will be fun times. Of course, folks, you can find all the reviews uh, of the coming episodes and the past ones on our website, continuousplaypodcast.com slash movies. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, hook up with us on Facebook and social media, Twitter, such like that, and let us know what you think of the show. And leave us a review, a positive review of the show if you like it on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. We really appreciate your support. I mean, right now we are in the midst of a huge battle if you will on our podcast feed we've got freddy versus jason going every week man i mean it's nightmare on elm street and then friday the 13th movies of course building up to the big one right before halloween we'll do freddy versus jason you and ron and i will work together but of course all those again on the main feed check us out uh, wherever you download your podcast we appreciate your support until next time for brian i'm jay thanks for listening to Film Strip. thank you for listening to film strip You can find more episodes on our website, continuousplaypodcast.com forward slash movies. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes and link up with us on Facebook. The Filmstrip theme music is produced and performed by Frozen Lake 121.